Good morning. Welcome to Declared Victory. This is Barbara. Is anyone on the line? Good morning, Eva. Yes, he is. God is good all the time. Good, good morning. morning. It's Prosperous Pam here. Good morning, Prosperous Pam. Good morning. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thankful Thursday. Good morning, Cece. Good morning, Cece. How are you this morning? Doing well, thank you. Good morning, it's Deborah Evans. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Good morning, all. (laughs) Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, and yourself? I'm good. You see, I'm up and woke, don't you? (laughs) It's challenging. Good morning, Miss Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, Miss Barbara. How are you? I'm good this morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. (laughs) We all woke up, huh? And in a a reasonable sane mind. That's right. And can move my limbs. I know that's right. And can move your mouth and your arms and your legs and your brain is kind of working okay. Might be a little sleepy, but it's still working okay. Yeah. Good morning. Welcome to Declared Victory. Is there anyone else on the line that would like to say good morning? Good morning, Apostle Pierre. Good morning, Apostle Pierre. Good morning, this is Janice. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Good morning, Lady Barbara. It's Dondria. Good morning, family. Good morning, Dondria. Good morning. Welcome to the card victory. 
Anyone else want to say good morning? Yes. Good morning. This is Sister Patricia. How are you this morning? Patricia? I'm fine. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. It's a little cold out here in San Francisco, but it's it's okay. Lord brought, woke me up this morning, so I'm okay. I know that's right. Uh, all right. <laughs> okay. If you're not speaking, put your phone on mute for me. Somebody is building a whole house. I know. Good morning. It sounds like they're dragging something. Good morning. Welcome to the third victory. Anyone else like to say good morning? Good morning, this is Patsy. Good morning, Patsy. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Barbara. Hey, Miss Barbara, it's Lisa. I promise y'all I had my phone on mute. That was me. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay, sweetie. Hey, Patsy. Thank you now, though. Morning, family. It's Rochelle. Good morning, Rochelle. Good morning, it's Yvette. Good morning, Yvette. Joining company now. What do you want to say? Good morning before I start. Well, it is now time to get started. Good morning and welcome to Declared Victory. Before we move forward, I ask everyone to mute your line so that the call can proceed and be clear. Hello, my name is Barbara Cockrell and I am your hostess today. Thank you for joining us here on Declared Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. specific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Be sure to join us daily in June for the monthly theme entitled Journey to the Secret Place. Week four's declarations, messages, Teachings and lessons will be based on arrival to the secret place. Our wonderful and gifted declarers will definitely bless you. There are two announcements today. Ladies, please join us tonight and every Thursday night for Walk It Out, women's call hosted by Ms. Lisa Porter. They will be going through the book entitled Emotionally Healthy Spiritually. It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally healthy by Peter Scazzaro. The call takes place from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, right here by dialing the same number tonight. You will definitely be blessed. We encourage you to partner with Declared Victory in, in an effort to share the gospel both locally and abroad. We thank you in advance for your gifts. Please visit www. Dot declaredvictory.org 
or www.paypal.me slash declared victory or cash app dollar sign I declare victory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in him. There were no prayer calls on the app, but I'm asking for us to pray for Mother Johnson and a newborn, Demaya Williams. And then continue to pray for all of our family and friends that are having difficulty with finances and this COVID-19. The declaration, the prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Angela. The declaration will be brought by Apostle Pierre. Then we will go right into closing comments by Apostle Pierre. The order of the call, prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Angela. The declaration will be brought by Apostle Pierre. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by Apostle Pierre. The scripture for today is Psalms 27 and 5. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me up high upon a rock. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, I ask you to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off of mute. And I now pass the call to our prayer warrior. Angela. Good morning. Sorry about that. I was on mute. (laughs) Good morning. Thank you, Sister Barbara. Good morning, family. Good morning, Declare Victory. Happy Thursday to you. If everyone can double check their phone, we hear some background noise. Even if you think you are on mute, please check your phone. Please check your phone. God bless you all. We are ready to go before the throne of grace corporately this morning. Um, We thank God for his goodness. His goodness endures and it endures and it covers us. So let us go before the throne of grace. Father, hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you on this morning, God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. God, we thank you. We bless you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, sweet Jesus, Jesus. Oh, we bless your name on this morning. Hallelujah. Woo, we bless you on this morning, Jesus. Hey, we thank you on this morning, Jesus. Jesus, we bless you on this morning, Jesus. We call out your name on this morning, sweet Jesus. Father, you are so good, Jesus. God, you are wonderful, Jesus. Oh, you're good, Jesus. Father, you are good, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, you are good, Jesus. Wonderful Savior. Wonderful Savior, 
wonderful Savior, wonderful Savior. God, you are good, Jesus. You are good, Jesus. You are great, Jesus. You are mighty, hallelujah. Wonderful Savior. Oh, God, we're before you this morning. Oh, we're lifting up your name. We thank you for your presence. Our hearts seek you on this morning. Our hearts pant after you on this morning. Our hearts are after you this morning. Our arms are stretched out to you, Jesus. We bow down before you, Jesus. We bow down before you, Jesus. Oh, God, look upon us on this morning. Look upon us on this morning, Jesus. As we come before you on this morning, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We want to lift up holy hands before you, Jesus. Cleanse us, God. Purge us, God. Forgive us of our sins, Jesus. Cleanse us from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet, Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you. We praise you on this morning. Forgive us of our sins, God. Sins we've committed knowingly and sins we've committed unknowingly, Jesus. Oh, God, Father, search us. Wash us. Deal with the intent of our heart, God. Deal with our intent. Deal with our motive in the name of Jesus and cleanse us and wash us. Oh, God, you're such a gracious and good God. You're forgiving Oh, God, you're loving. Oh, God, hallelujah. Oh, God, you are forgiving. Hallelujah. Oh, God, hallelujah. You're forgiving to a thousand generations. Hallelujah. Oh, God, Father, we thank you, Jesus. You're not a God that condemns, but you're a God that redeems. You're a God that redeems. You're a God that redeems. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're a God that redeems. You wash us and you cleanse us and you redeem us. Hallelujah. You wash us and you cleanse us and you redeem us. Hallelujah. You're a God that redeems. You're a God that cleanses. You're a God that washes. You wash away the soot. You wash away the enemy's character. You wash away everything about that enemy that may attach itself to us, God. Therefore, it's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. You're a redemptive God. Hallelujah. You redeem us. You cleanse us. And you wash us. And you make a fuss about us. Hallelujah. You carry us as a royal diadem. Hallelujah. You love us. Hallelujah. Your love is like none other. Hallelujah. And we praise you, Jesus. And we worship you, Jesus. And we glorify your name, Jesus. Oh, God, on this morning, Jesus, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for mercy, Jesus. Thank you for your grace, Jesus. Thank you for your loving kindness, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for watching over us, God. Thank you that the blood was on our doorposts. It was on our window seals. We thank you for the angels that covered us. We thank you for the angels that watched over us in the night, Jesus. We glorify your name, God. You woke us today to praise you. You woke us today to walk before you. You woke us today to move your kingdom, to shift your kingdom. We thank you and we praise 
you. We worship you on this morning. We will go, God. We say yes to you. We declare victory. We declare your righteousness. We declare your truth in the mighty name of Jesus because we're called in Christ Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. We are crucified in Christ. Hallelujah. We have liberty in Christ. Hallelujah. We are joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. The very same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. We shall walk in it. We'll walk in our authority. We'll call those things that be not as though they are. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, we're sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We have boldness and access in Christ Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you. We are your children. We lift up a voice and we give you praise on this morning. We give you worship on this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We can't stop thanking you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. We lift up now, Jesus. We lift up now, right now, Jesus. Mother Johnson, God, have your way, Jesus. From the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, God. You know what she needs, God. Get in that body, Jesus. Get in that circulatory system. Get in our muscular system. Oh, God, let your blood run through her veins, God, and heal Jesus. Heal Jesus, heal Jesus. God, we thank you and we believe our prayers, God. We've sent your word and your word heals God. Oh God, we thank you for the baby God, baby William Jesus. Oh God, Father, you made it a point for him to be here. Out of the thousands of sperm, God, you chose that one child. He was predestined, chosen by you, God, here today, God. The blood of Jesus cover him. The blood of Jesus keep him. The blood of Jesus from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. God, we thank you. We praise you. We cover him with your glory, God. Keep that baby, Jesus. Raise him up, God. Raise him up, God. Raise up that son of thunder. Raise him up, God. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for these, your people on this line, God. We thank you right now, God. You know everyone's situation, God, but you know, Jesus, that these situations have come to launch us, to launch us deeper into you. You said launch out into the deep. How can we launch if we don't have a launching pad? These situations, these circumstances, is a launching pad into the deep, deeper in you. We're going to be deep, Jesus, and all things will be well, God. We thank you for financial increase, God. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify you, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, according to Proverbs, God, Proverbs 8 and 19, God, we will produce better than fine gold, God. Hallelujah. Oh, God, Father, our yield will be better than the choices silver. Hallelujah. We thank you now, Jesus. According to Proverbs 10 
10 and 22, God. We thank you for making us rich and adding no sorrow with the riches that you continue to bring in our lives, God. We will glorify you, God. We thank you, Father, for uncommon finances. We thank you, Father, for uncommon ways, God, to create finances. We thank you for seven and eight streams of income, God. You have no lack, God. We will check our motive. We will check our intent. We will check why we're asking, God, so we don't ask you amiss, God, but it is to build your kingdom, God. We thank you right now, God. Cover these, your people, God. Oh, God, cover as we leave and go out today. God, we thank you for your angels that are protecting. We thank you for your angels that will stand on the rooftops, the angels that will stand on the sides of the buildings, the angels that will be in our driveways, up and down our streets, in our highly populated areas, God. We thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, God, we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory, Jesus. Our going out is blessed. Our coming in is blessed. We lift up the sick now. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you see and you know, Jesus. We send the word to the hospitals. We send your word, Father, to those on ventilators. We send your word to the psych ward. Hallelujah. We send your word to the assistant living centers, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we send your word to the residential care homes, God. We send your word under every freeway, God, to every person that's living in a tent, God. Oh, God, hallelujah. We send your word, Jesus. Oh, God, heal, Jesus. Heal their emotional state. Heal their mental state. Heal their physical state. Heal their, their economic state. In the mighty name of Jesus, heal their spiritual state, God. Let them raise up a praise wherever they are. In their tents, hallelujah. Under a bridge, hallelujah. Sleeping in their car, God, hallelujah. Let them give you praise, hallelujah. Let them praise your great name, Jesus. Let them praise your great name, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for multiplication, God. We thank you, Jesus. We give you praise on today, Jesus. We give you glory on today, Jesus. Oh, Father, hallelujah. We're going to come off of mute and we're going to give you praise. No sadness. We're going to worship your name, God. We're going to tell you how great you are. We're going to give you praise and thank you. We're going to give you thanks. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love, for your protection, for your guidance, for forgiveness. Thank you for just loving 
knowledge and we will walk in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And we thank you and we praise you, Father, in Jesus' most precious and holy name. We thank you now for the words that will go forth. We thank you for the declaration that will come and drop down on good ground, good seed, God, the soil of our hearts, Father, be open to receive your word on this morning. We ask that you bless the apostle, oh God, Father. Let the words come out of his mouth that was pushed through by you. In Jesus' most precious and holy name, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Please, please uh, triple check your phone um, as the apostle comes forth so that there would be no disturbance. There's someone still um, moving around. Please check your phone. God bless you all. Um, Apostle, I turn the call over to you. Blessings, family. Good morning, guys. I hope everyone is doing great on this triumphant Thursday. I am so excited to be back with you guys. I'm so excited. Every time I um, get on the line, it's amazing just to be able to pray and to be able to fellowship with you guys. Um, I look forward to calls like this, even though my schedule is so busy, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, we're going to jump right into the word. I hope everybody has been enjoying the series about the secret place. I've been going back and listening. Um, but let's jump right back into the word. We're going to look at Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse number 5 and 6 and 13 and 14. And it says, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, verses 5 and 6 and 13 and 14. It says, and she gave birth to a son, a male child, who was destined to rule, shepherd all the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a secret place prepared by God so that she would be nourished there for a thousand two hundred and sixty days, 42 months, three and one half years. Let's go to verse number 13 and 14. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who had given birth to the male child. But two wings of a great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and time and a half. That's three and one half years away from the present of the serpent. And then I just want to go to one more chapter, we're going to go to the 91st division of Psalm. And we're going to look at verse 1. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, and the King James Version said, the secret place of the Most High, will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy can withstand. For a moment, I just want to talk about when God builds you a place or when God builds you a shelter. And so um, when we think about our secret place, we oftentimes think that it's just 
a place of worship. We oftentimes think that it's just a place that we can go to and this is where we, we pour out to God and and this is where we worship, this is where we pray, which all of those things are absolutely correct. But I want to deal with when God builds you the place. And so oftentimes we, we always deal with building God an altar. We always talk about um come on, let's build God a place that he inhabits, he moves in the praises of his people. All of those things are accurate and correct. But there are some instances where God will build you a place of safety himself. And so uh, I just want to talk from the perspective of Revelation 12, where it says, it says that the woman gave birth to a male child who was destined to rule and shepherd the nations with the iron rod, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she, where she had a place prepared by God so that she would be nourished there for 1,260 days. And so what happens sometimes when you look at um, when a premature child is born, they, they, they let the mom hold the baby for a moment, and then that child is taken right to an incubator. And once that child is taken to an incubator, there are only certain hands that can reach into that incubator and touch that child. There are only certain hands that are trusted to deal with that child because anything from the outside of that incubator will contaminate what's going on in the inside. And that mother is, is being nurtured and she's, she's being taken care of because she had just given birth to something. And so what happens when God builds you a secret place, he, he, he builds a secret place because those who dwell in his secret place, they remain secure and they get rest. And so what God is saying is he says that this place that I'm going to build for you is going to be a place that's secure. Everybody can't get in it. And it's going to be a place of rest where the powerful one is going to guard you and the enemy won't be able to get in. That's why he said in Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high. This is a place where everybody doesn't know about. This is this is like your 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 clubhouse. This is like heaven's kingdom. And and, and it, it's the clubhouse of those who are a part of the kingdom. And so this is a place that just random people don't get access to because it was created by God for his people. And so he's saying that I will give you a place that you can run into. It says that the name of the Lord is a strong power. The righteous run in and they are safe. And so this is something that God has created for us so that whenever we feel the pressure of the warfare, whenever we, we, we feel tired from the battle, whenever we just need a place to rest, this is the place that God has created for us where we can go and meet him and he can take care of us. This is where he can begin to sew us up. This is where God begins to nurture us. This is where he begins to defibrillate us or excavate the things out of us that don't need to be there. This is not the place necessarily where we have to do the work of building an altar, where we have to do the work of worshiping. This is the place where God is saying, hey, come here and let me take care of you. Come here, let me dig out of you what, what, what I don't need there. Come here and let me work on you. Let me finish creating uh, the, the plan and the blueprint. Let me finish downloading these things into you. And so there's something about the secret place that, that we have neglected to teach people about. And this, this, is the, this is the place where we really don't have to do anything but be willing to come. 
be willing to come. This is the place that is untrackable to the kingdom of darkness. This is the place that is untraceable to the hand of the enemy. And so why is this place important? This place is important because sometimes we talk too much. Sometimes we get to the place where we're announcing everything that's going on to us and we're announcing it so loud that the enemy knows exactly where we're going. He knows exactly what we're planning to do for God. And so there's sometimes where God is saying, hey, I need to bring you into the secret place so I can just deal with you and I need to bring you into a place where you cannot announce anything. I believe that the secret place, uh, and so my secret place, I know one of the, the uh, questions was what does my secret place look like and what does it look like? My secret place is soundproof. No one can know what's going on in there but me and God. My secret place is so soundproof to where even when I'm crying out from the agony, no one can know that I'm in pain except God because he's the one that's healing me there. And so sometimes the reason we have uh, not experienced the healing that was meant to hit our life is because we're not in the secret place. We're in the operating room or we're in the waiting room, and we've invited everybody in to take part of the, of the process. Everybody's not allowed into the operating room with you. And so the secret place is what I would describe as God's operating room. It's a place of safety. It's a place where God knows exactly what he's doing with you, but it's also the place where God is going to take you by yourself with only the one who's able to do exactly what needs to be done in your life, and that's him. And so he's not going to allow everybody to come into the secret place with you. And so what does the secret place look like? It's a vault and it's an incubator. It's a vault because it's a safe place. It's a vault because in, in vaults, you keep the, the precious things. In vaults, you keep the things that are of value. In vaults, it's hard to get in because if you don't know the code, you can't get access. They're hard to break open. It, it's a place that no one really knows what's on the other side of that door. They just know that what's back there is precious. And so your secret place is a vault because when God calls you into the secret place, he calls you into a place that's precious. He calls you into a place that's protected, and he calls you into a place that it takes a process to get into. And so it's also an incubator because everyone can't touch you while you're in there. Everyone can't get access to you. Everyone can't put their hands in there. And there are certain people that, and I hate to say it this way, that when God has had us in the incubator, we, we've allowed them to reach in and we've allowed them to touch our baby. We've allowed them to touch the very thing that God is trying to nurture inside of us. That, that we carry. He, and, and what we're carrying is going to rule the nation with an iron scepter. It's destined to rule. It's destined to shepherd. And it's destined to walk in authority. But the thing that we have to understand is after we push out what God has given us, that thing has to go to God. But now we have to go into, it says, then the woman fled into the wilderness. We have to run into the place where we really don't want to go, but it's a place that's prepared for God so he can nourish us. It's not a place that, that we can just go like a drive through and say, hey, God, I need this. Thanks so much. And then we drive off. No, it says that it's a place where she will be nurtured and nourished there for 1,260 days, which is four months, three and a half years. So it's like 
We have to go into a place that's going to take a process for, and it's going to take some time for us to come out of. And so when we go into the secret place, uh, I, 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 it irritates me sometimes when I hear people say, oh, I've been in the secret place with God, and, and so they've only spent 30 minutes there. Your secret place with God is going to be a time where, where God begins to pour into you, and it's going to take longer than 30 minutes. It's going to take longer than a week. It's going to take longer than 24 hours. It's a continued place where you know how to get there because you dwell there. How do um, I know that I'm in the secret place? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to verse number 13. It says, when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who had given birth to the male child. Let, let's deal with that real quick. There, there, there are some enemies that are up because they cannot win the war to kill what you've given birth to or what you're destined to do on the earth. There, there are some enemies and even um, there, there are some antagonists that come to antagonize you in your birthing process. But it says this, but two wings of a great eagle were given to the woman so that she can fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and time and half a time. Listen, you got to understand this, that, that there, she was given two wings of an eagle. But they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as an eagle. They shall run and never get weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so what are you saying, Apostle? I'm saying this, that the reason God didn't give her the wings of a pigeon, the reason he didn't give her the wings of a dove, the reason he didn't give her wings of even a peacock, it, he had to give her wings of an eagle because eagles fly high and eagles are able to fly above storms. Eagles are able to see from high places. And so what he's saying is after you, you give birth to what I'm calling you to give birth to, I not created this place for you. I got to give you something that you can fly above what's pursuing you so you can get to me quickly. And not only will you be able to get to me quickly, but you're going to get to the place where you will not be able to, um, to engage in the warfare. Let me tell you something interesting that I found out about eagles. What I found out about eagles is this. Number one, eagles are able to fly through storms. And so when eagles begin to fly, they're able to fly above the storm to where they're not affected. Number two, they're able to still see their prey from the high place. Number three, eagles, uh, because of the, the level of height that they can fly in, every other bird can't fly with them. And number four, here, here's my favorite thing that I found out about eagles is this. When eagles begin to kill their prey, some, some birds, they, they use their beaks and, and they use their claws and they, um, they rip their prey open. But what I love about eagles is an eagle has a, capac a capability to grab their prey by the, by the claws, with their claws, and then fly them into an atmosphere where they suffocate. What are you saying, Apostle? Your secret place is such a high place that even if the enemy tried to travel there, he will suffocate. He can't breathe in that atmosphere. He can't dwell in that secret place. And so you have to understand about your secret place. The reason it's protected is because it's such a high place and anything that's trying to follow you there, that's trying to kill you, that's not destined to be there, will not be able to breathe in that 
type of atmosphere, to, type, to be able to breathe in that type of environment. And so what God is saying is, I've created this secret place because if you had created your own secret place, you would have made it too low. You would have made it too low. And so I had to create a place of refuge for you, but I had to make it high because if I made it too low, you'll let people who fly low go with you. He said, so I had to make it, I had to make it a high place and I had to equip you with something that will get you there quickly because the enemy's coming after what you possess. And so by realizing that is where God takes care of you and it's a secret place. And so if it's such a secret place, people don't have the right, people who don't have the right wings won't be able to come. How do I honor God with this secret place? I honor God with this secret place because I make up in my mind that it's a necessary place for me to be in. It may, it may be a place of isolation. It may be a place where I'm lonely, it may be a place where I'm alone, but it's a necessary place because I'm sorry, I think I got cut off. But it's a place where, where God has to deal with me, but he has to deal with me alone. It's a place where even though I'm lonely there, I'm never alone because God is there with me. It's a place prepared for God for your safety. If some of us ever leave the secret place, we will hurt ourselves. Because we'll go right back to the place that damaged us. Let me tell you how that looks. We know we left the secret place <laughs> temporarily, and we all we all leave there when we have to make statements like they almost made me put down my religion. We know we've left the secret place when it causes us to revert back to our nature that we had before we entered into the secret place. It's our place of nourishment. So number one, it's a place that God prepared for our safety, but number two, it's a place that God prepared for our nourishment. It's a place where God literally connects us to heaven's ID. And he says, hey, I know exactly what you need. You're malnourished. It's the place that we can study the word. It's the place, and, and this is where the altars come in. This is, this is the place where we can sit at the table of God's word. This is the place where, where, where God nourishes us because he talks to us about us. He feeds us his word. He feeds us his revelation. This is where we, we get our songs of worship. This is where we, we get our prayer life. It's because it takes time to build these things. So it's the place that's going to build muscle in us. It's the place that's going to, to give us our vitamins. It's the place of recovery. It's the place that after we've entered into a battle and we have fought, that God says, now come here. 
and let me deal with these wounds. Because there's another war, but you always win. It's the place where, where, where we recover from not only the battles and, and the battle wounds, but this is the place where we recover from self-inflicted wounds. Because the reality is some of us have left the secret place because we've willingly hurt ourselves and we didn't want anybody to touch those wounds, not even God. That sounds like this, I'll never trust again. Mm-mm. I'll forgive, but I won't forget. It sounds like everybody that says that they love me, it's not going to be there. But this is the place of recovery. This is the place where, where God deals with those wounds that we have, those, those father wounds that we talked about. This is where God deals with those those relationship wounds, the breaches in our soul, the breaches in our hearts. The secret place has everything to do with making you better. So it's a place of recovery. It's also the place that you have been given equipment to take you where you need to go. It says that she was given wings of an eagle. She was given wings of an eagle, which means that these things were were built into her. This is where the secret place is where God begins to show you everything that's built in you. And and so when I was asking God to to give me a description of how to explain this particular point, he, uh, he gave me the analogy of Inspector Gadget, where Inspector Gadget, whatever the situation called for, All he had to say was, go, go shoes, go, go wings. And everything that he needed was already on him because he had spent time in the lab to get these things built into him. And that's what God said about us. He said that I made you like Inspector Gadget, that that whenever the enemy comes in like a flood, you can say, go, go prayer. And all of a sudden, the prayer that you need, or the scripture that you need, or the answer that you need, is automatically popping up out of you. And, and even when the enemy is coming after you, and, and he's beginning to, to chase after you, to persecute you, you can say, go, go, wings, and they'll fly you to your secret place. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have to understand that there is equipment that is inside of you that can only be installed in the secret place. And so some of us want this equipment installed in us by, by chatting with our friends and, and, and just by going to church. But even after uh, Derek Holy has a song, it says, when the music stops, that's when I live my song. And so even after you finish with your church experience, after you finish singing in the choir, after you finish shouting, after you finish serving on the intercessory prayer team, after you finish preaching in the pulpit, there's still a secret place that you have to go to mm-hmm. to get more equipment built in you. And so some of us have been operating with equipment that has not been upgraded. Oh my. Because we haven't stayed into the secret place. Some of us are operating with equipment that's outdated. Uh-huh. We're trying to use outdated equipment to, to, to open up God's problem for now. Mm. 
And he said, he's saying, no, no, I need you to come to the secret place because you're operating on kingdom 1.1 and we're on kingdom 12.8. Wow. And so some of us have, have beginning to try to do a ministry on this level. And he's like, no, 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 I, I, I'm here. I'm here now. I'm in a whole other place. <laughs> and so the secret place mm -hmm. is important is because it's where you get your new download. And so the enemy is going to keep you, is going to try his best to keep you in an old place. Because he knows if you get to the new place, you have everything that you need to win. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so everything about this series, this series about the secret place has been trying to equip you so you can get to the place where you win. We're not in the, mm -hmm. we're not in the declare victory room for nothing. When you come out of the secret place, you need to be able to declare something that's going to make you win. Mm. What have you been declaring? Mm. Have you been declaring an old slogan? Mm. Or have you been declaring what heaven is saying? Have you been declaring a cliche that, that has been heard? Or have you been declaring the revelation of the Lord? For instance, I'll, I'll give you an example of us not really declaring, uh, uh, we're just declaring slogans and not really what the Lord is saying. It irritates me when, when I hear people get up in the pulpit and they say, the Bible says that when praises go up, blessings come down. No, it doesn't. Where does it say that? Give me the scripture. Whoever can send me that scripture that says when praises go up, blessings come down, I'll cash up you $500 because yeah. it's not there. And so we're declaring a slogan because it makes us feel good. Mm -hmm. But when you get into the secret place, mm -hmm. God will tell you that when praises go up, he sends ambushes against his enemies. Mm -hmm. And so everything about this series has been, uh, the, these, these four weeks that we've been on this series, everything has been about equipping you so that when you come out of this secret place, mm -hmm. you will know how to get back there. When you come out of the secret mm -hmm. place to do your assignment, you'll feel comfortable with going back into the secret place to be re refilled and renourished. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of malnourished Christians walking around. They're on life support. Why? Because after they pour out all of the word that send them, they never go to the secret place to be refilled. The secret place, and, and hear me, and I'm actually done. The secret place was not meant to hurt you. It was meant to heal you and equip you. Mm -hmm. Yes, in the secret place, yes, God does bring up the ugly things that's going on. In the secret place, God does show you the ugliness of what's inside of you. But it's also the place where, where he begins to restore you. And so I encourage you today to stay in that secret place.
I encourage you today, if you're not in the secret place, to run there. You already have the wings on you to get there. But just know that it's a place that you got to fly to alone. Everybody can't go in there with you. Amen. Any questions or comments for me? Anybody want to say hi that just joined the live? Good morning. This is Sister Tracy. Good morning, Sister Tracy. Good morning. It's Juliet. Juliet. Hey, Juliet. Juliet. Good morning. This is Catherine. Good morning. Hey, good morning, good. Catherine. Good morning. Good morning, it's Brother Michael. Great message. Thank good morning, you. Brother Michael. Good morning, Sister Denise. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, your long lost friend, Hold brother on, Eric. Two people. Hey, brother Eric, how are you? Good morning. All right. Good morning, Apostle. Good morning, DB family. This is Gloria. Hey, good morning, Gloria. Good morning, it's Krishanda. Hey, Krishanda, how are you? Good, thank you. Good morning, it's Kenya. Good morning, Kenya. Good morning, Sister Okay, I heard two people say that again. Good morning, this is Sister Alicia. Good morning, Sister Alicia. Good morning, Victory Family. God bless you all this morning, Brother Jeff. Good morning, Brother Jeff. Good morning, Victory Family. Hey, everybody. This is Sister Mona. Hi. Hey, good morning. Good morning, God morning. This is Jeff G. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Doing well. Hope y'all are as well. Anybody have any questions or comments concerning our lessons for today? Good morning, brother. Hey, Apostle Pierre, this is your sister. This is Lizzie. I just want to say amazing. Hey, I was actually listening online. Amazing here. Thank you so much um, for sharing the heart of God. Um, absolutely amazing. And love you so much. Hope you have a, just a great Declare Victory Day. Uh, thank you, sister. It's Krishanda. Uh, I concur with sister um, Pastor Elizabeth, I really enjoyed your um, declaration. Um, I have a couple of questions about um, actually the list that you gave about the eagle, the um, mm-hmm. attributes of the eagle. Would you mind repeating them really quickly? Yes. Uh, number one, the eagle, uh, they can't, well, it's a few things about the eagle, but number one is they can fly through storms. So what happens is when there's a storm, an eagle is able to fly through that storm and go above it. Okay. And then the eagle is able to see from high places. And so even though they're in a high place, they can still see their prey or what they're going after. Okay. Um, Another thing that I did not mention about the eagle is that they go through a season of the molting. Molting is when they lose all of their feathers, and they're usually alone. 
And so that's how that relates to the secret places. Sometimes you have to lose everything that surrounds you or that covers you, and God calls you alone. Um, and then the final thing that I dealt with was the fact that when eagles kill their prey, they grab it by their claws and they're able to fly it out of the atmosphere or fly it to a high altitude to where it suffocates because it cannot dwell there. Mm. Awesome declaration. Oh, my goodness. Um, I have to listen to it over and over again. With Very, very good. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Bless you. Good morning, good morning Apostles. This is Jacqueline. Good morning, Apostles. This is Jacqueline. Good declaration. Do you mind uh, repeating the um, scripture for Revelation? Yes, it was Revelation 12, 5 and 6, and 13 and 14. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Good and who was that second person? It was Angela. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, question for you. Okay, so the um, what you just said about the eagle taking its prey up to an altitude where it would suffocate. Um, can you put? Can you give an example? Can you give an example? What I'm thinking in my head is like, okay, how could, if there's a situation or if there's an enemy attack, let's just say that, what, how can, how can I, how, how can I do that? Can you give an example? I, I don't even think I know how to ask yes. the question. I just this in my head, oh, no, unless I, you understand what I'm trying to say. No, I get it. Okay. okay so, okay. for instance. Um, Ephesians tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right, but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so just say um, you're having a great day, and you walk in and you say, hey, Pierre, and I just start going off on you. And I just start, like, yelling and screaming and calling you names, um, and I'm all in your face. Your initial reaction would to be, to go back off because you're human. But what you can do is you can, Father, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you for my brother Pierre. Father, whatever he's going through today, I decree and declare that he has victory over it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you are binding the hand of the enemy that desires, Father, to, to use him in this way. Father, but I speak blessings over him. Father, I decree and declare that this is the hour that he will see and experience your love. And so what happens is you're creating the atmosphere to what the enemy was trying to do. You are now taking everything that's inside of you that belongs to God, and you're suffocating that spirit mm-hmm. that's trying to interrupt your God day. And so sometimes what, what the enemy will want us to react to, when we react in our flesh, we're, we're flying too low. And so God okay. will say, hey, create an atmosphere that, with whenever anything comes to get your flesh to respond, don't give it the satisfaction of, of responding the way it's expecting. Take it up in the spirit. And the yeah. higher I go in the spirit, the more that thing suffocates. Gotcha. Um, okay, just as you were talking, I was writing down. So basically you're, what you're saying is you bring that 
spirit subject to the spirit of God. Just basically a brain Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. This yeah, appreciate it. I appreciate how you broke down um that scripture and revelation. Um yeah, I had always asked God, I was like, Lord, what what do you mean by that? <laughs> what do you yeah. mean you take her and stuff and into okay, get it. Thank you so much. Appreciate God for you. Oh, thank you. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning, Apostle Good morning. Pierre. This is Rochelle. Um, I'm just sensing if you can just push me in the right direction because I am sensing that the wilderness is a place. I understand it's a secret place, and it's a place of um, – I always thought of it like, you know, when, when you do something and God – you the kids, you get put in the corner for it to separate you you're not being uh, counted out because you can still hear everything that's going on, but it's a time that you are set apart. Can you tell me or give me a sense of the wilderness? Why it's so significant? Because Jesus had to go in the wilderness um, after he fast, um, to fast, and then the woman now in Revelation, and then the um, Israelites for 40 years. So the wilderness, if you could just drop it and send me in a direction, because I sense that it is something that's so significant that I need to study. So the wilderness, um, a lot of people will look at the wilderness as the bad place, but it's really not so let's let's deal with number one the children of israel it, it can be punishment but can also be equipping and it can also be a place of strength so i'll explain both number one when the children of israel they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights because of their rebellion and so sometimes it, the wilderness is an unknown place so when you think about the the amazon when, when you go into the Amazon, it's an unknown place. It's a lot of noise around you, but, but it's a place where if you have been equipped, you can survive. When you look at Jesus, when, when he was in the wilderness, it was a place of training. It was the place of proving that what was in him was real. And, and so the reason God sends us to the wilderness is not necessarily to punish us, but it's really to equip us. And so your wilderness place could look like uh, losing your job, but you never missed a meal. You've never, your bills never went lacking. And so the wilderness is a place of training, but it's also a place of faith because you have to trust your instincts and what's in you. And so uh, when it says that it took her, that she was led to the wilderness, you got to read what happens after that. Let me open back up my, um, it just closed out on me. It says verse number, verse number six. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that she would be nourished. And so although it was a strange place to her, she thought that she was running to escape. But this place was planned by God. It was prepared by God, and it was prepared to nourish her. And so when you look at the wilderness, sometimes when you go camping and you're in the wilderness, you know that if you find a river that there's fish there. You know that if you find this bush that there are berries there. And so you have to know the surroundings of the wilderness 
in order to know, hey, I can eat that and I'll be okay. And so the wilderness, although it's a scary place, it's a place where if you have everything that you need in you, you'll be nourished. Does that answer your question? Yes. Um, the Lord had just gave me a vision not too, a couple months ago about me just sitting on a log in the wilderness with a stick and just doodling. Um, so, yeah, I, I got a lot of work to do, but I just knew it was significant because my spirit began to jump as I could picture the lady running back in the wilderness. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and and so here, here's what I do hear the Lord saying for you, though. Uh, although the wilderness seems like a lonely place, it's a place of safety for you because uh, think of it this way. She fled into the wilderness. She fled into the place where there were trees, where there were bushes, where there were all of those things because sometimes if you're always out in the open, the enemy knows exactly where you are. And so your wilderness place is, is all about God hiding you and training you at the same time. So you're in a good place. Don't think that it's a punishment. You're in a good place. You're in a place where, where like I talked about, Inspector Gadget, where God is just downloading and putting and building in you the tools that you need. But when you come out of the wilderness, you'll know exactly what you need to get where you got to go. Thank you, Apostle. You're welcome. Apostle, Thank it's good morning, Apostle. Good morning. Who's that first? It's Rashonda. I, I have an, another quick question, but I can wait till she finishes. It's, um, it's about incubation versus wilderness after Didi. Okay, go ahead, Didi. Good morning. Uh, you are so funny. Thank you just for being who you are. I've been, tri I've been tripping off of you. I love your spirit. You said so you funny. Were talking, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have me cracking up. Um, the most, is it molten place? Did I get it right? Is it when the alone, the alone time? Yes, the molten season. Okay, is that something? Because I think I've been in that for a minute. Um, and, and explain that just a little bit more, because sometimes I feel like it's wrong because I'll pull away from everybody. And it feels like sometimes I feel guilty because I'm over, oh, oh, I feel like I'm just doing too much. Like, um, it just, you just tapped into everybody's stuff. Cause that's what, that's what happens. People's stuff becomes my stuff. If that makes any sense. So then when I fall away, I almost feel selfish because I can't take on, you know, even on the call, uh, my Friday Night Live call was talking about how sometimes, and I know Dion can probably relate to this too, when you get so many people coming to you for prayer or just texting you for whatever, it gets to be a lot. And, you know, I have three children, grandkids in, in my family. And sometimes I just feel like, is it okay? Because I fly off. And when you were talking about that eagle soaring high, I can so relate to that. Does that make sense what I'm saying? It's like I'm rambling. No, it does. It does. So, so let, me, let me read to you what Google says about the molting process, all right? It says, the process of molting, an eagle does not lose all of its feathers at one time. It is a gradual process, continually renewing the feathers. This process requires that the eagle fly to the mountaintop and sit on its nest. And so sometimes when God is calling us to molting, we have to go once again to the high place, and we just have to sit. So there, there are times where I have been in services and the Lord, I would hear everything that God was going to do for people. I would see everything that God desires to do. I would hear what God is doing. And the Lord will say, hey, you're in your emotion season right now. Although I will allow you to see it, 
you don't have to say it. Just sit here. Sit here in the nest and let me let some new feathers grow on you. Let me let some new revelation grow on you. And so there was a season of time where I really wasn't allowed, although I was hearing a lot of things prophetically, I had to journal those things. Because if I would have tried to uh, tackle those things in that moment or prophesy or declare those things in that moment, I would have done it prematurely. And so, for instance, the season that I'm in now, um, and I know you guys probably will not believe me, but I'm just now starting to uh, starting back prophesying a whole lot. And it's because now my prophecy is coming with supernatural activity or or God is using me supernaturally to bring about healings or uh, to bring about angels or open portals. Whereas if I would have released that stuff prematurely, it wouldn't have had any power behind it. So I had to sit. I had to learn to sit. I had to learn to sit in the presence of God. And I had to learn when people say, hey, can, can you pray? Can you pray for me? I just I just need a word of prayer. Guess what I had to say? And at first I felt guilty, but now I don't. Sometimes God will say, no, you can't pray for them, but you can agree with them in prayer as they pray for themselves. So I'll say, well, nope, I'm not going to pray for you. I want to hear you pray and I'll agree. And so wow. you're teaching them to stand on their own. And so just because a person asks you, hey, what is the Lord saying? Yes, I can prophesy. I could prophesy in my sleep, but just because I, I have the ability to do it does not mean that I'm mandated to do it every time. And so if a person always calls you for prayer, there's, there's sometimes where God will use you to sharpen them and say, well, no, so here's what I want you to do. I, I'm, I want you to pray. I'll agree with you in prayer, but come on, you, you pray for yourself. And I'm going to be here and agree because the word of the Lord declares where two or three touch and agree upon the same thing, he's a God in the midst. It did not say where two or three touch together and the intercessor prays all the time. You can pray for, you, you can pray for yourself and I'll agree. And it will have the same power as me praying. Even more so, it'll have more power because God is hearing you pray directly for what you're going through. And so if, if I always pray, and, and here, here's the thing, it, it, I know it may be a little bit off topic, but, but here's the thing. If I always pray for you every time you call, then I have been your God. And so one of the things that God convicted me on, even when I moved to Atlanta, he said, I'm sending you to Atlanta. <laughs> and this is exactly what he said it to me. He said, I'm sending to you, you to Atlanta. And I said, okay, God. And he said, before I have to kill you. And I said, why? He said, repent. He said, you owe me an apology. And I was like, God, for what? He said, because whenever your family needs you, you're always there. And I was like, well, I'm supposed to be. You know, they're my family. I'm supposed to be there when they call me. He said, yes. He said, but you never point them to me. You always have the answer. And so you have become their God. And I will not have any other God before me. So before I have to kill you, I'll move you away. And now they have to come to me for themselves. And so as intercessors and as prophetic people, we always have to be sure that, yes, we're praying, yes, we're pouring into people, but we're also pointing them back to God and teaching them the same methods that I take, you can take. I tell people all the time when they get into my prayer lines at conferences, I have a prophetic team, I have a deliverance team, I have a team of intercessors. 
And so I tell people at my conferences, when we open up the altar, everybody don't come and jump in my line because you think I have a special power. No, the people that serve under me, I've equipped them, and they hear the same God that I hear. They can pray for you and impart to you the same way I can. Hope that answered your question. It did, and it also made me go back because I took spiritual warfare. You know, I go to amazing teaching ministry too, and um, uh, Pastor Brown taught us in spiritual warfare. What you just said, it just so thank you because I needed to be reminded of that to have them pray, and you just agree with them in prayer. So they're not they're not just like you said thinking that you're their God. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else? Can you, it's Krishanda again, can you distinguish, um, I'm sorry, um, distinguish between wilderness and incubation? I feel like the piano music is playing for us to do the Holy Ghost dance right now. So, so, my <laughs> no spirit is just so, jumping. <laughs> so incubation, incubation is when, um, okay, how can I put it? Thank you, Father. We all go through prophetic incubation periods. And this prophetic incubation is when God is introducing you to your power. He's introducing you to something new that he's doing in you. And so sometimes he won't allow everybody to come into that room. And so it's just like a mother, when she gives birth to a baby and they have to put the baby in an incubator, sometimes only the mother and the doctors are the only ones that are able to reach their hands in that incubator and touch that baby. And so there's sometimes where, yeah, although you're called to be a prophet, although you're called to be an intercessor, uh, the only people that will be able to handle you or enter into you will be God and your leaders. Wilderness is somewhat like a camping trip where there are other people there, but you're off and you you go off on a hiking trip by yourself. And so that's your journey with just you and God, where he says, he, he, God, God is like your scout leader where he's like, Hey, come walk with me. And when you're walking with him, He's teaching you about the different plants, and he's teaching you about the different things in the spirit. Although everybody else is there, this is your one-on-one time with him. Where in the incubator, he's making sure that you have what you need so when you come out, you're able to function. In the wilderness, you're functioning, but you're also being trained. Babies in incubators can't talk. Babies in incubators can't walk. Babies in incubators need to be nurtured and taken care of. In the wilderness, you're nurtured, but you're nurtured through training. You're walking with the teacher. Does that make sense? Hello? I had a question, um, Apostle. This is Sister Alicia, and thank you so much for your wonderful declaration. 
I was trying to um, get on your praise um, six-week course. I had sent a question, is that Pacific Standard Time or Eastern Time? And also, it, do you have more space? It is going to be, um, what time zone am I on? Central, I think. I'm on Central. Well, it's 10 o'clock here <laughs> right now. So it's uh -huh. going to be on my time zone at 7.30. Okay. So that'll be 4.30. If you're in California, it'll be 4.30 your time. And, yes, uh -huh. I do have more space. Okay. So I could just go on to the Cash App and pay. And then, yep. um, okay. So I'll do the, I'll the registration link on my page. Okay. And it goes to what time? Because I'm off work at 5, but I can log in right after I get off work. What time does it go to? 7? No, it starts at 7.30 my time, and we're going to end mm -hmm. off probably at like 8.30. But okay, so they will be recorded, so you will be able to go back. Oh, awesome. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Anyone else? Good morning, yes, Apostle. My name is Ms. Okay, I'm sorry. There are two people. I'm Misty. Thank you this morning, hey, Apostle. Thank you. This is my first time hearing you speak, and I thank God for being able to um, make the call this morning. So I was listening and visualizing that eagle flying high. Also, um, just thinking about my life, how I go and, and get to that place where it's just me and God, but I dip my head back in to see what's going on in the world. You know, um, becoming too accustomed to this life where it's always high stress and anxiety and feeling like if I'm not doing something that's missing. So I just yeah. want to thank you. That just brought something. It brought a lot of things to my attention because when I'm in that space and I, and I know I'm being quiet, I know why I need to sit still because I need to be restored. I need to be nurtured. But I just want to stick my head back in and see what's going on. It takes me back into old behaviors. You mentioned that also. And as I've been processing through this week uh, some other things that I've been reading and, and just listening for God to speak to me because he's been very quiet, but I need, I have the tools. Like you said, I got the go-go gadgets in place. I just need to call them out so I can stay lined up. I can stay at war ready for the things that are going on around me and in me, but being also aware that in those quiet times that I don't fly back into my own nature. Yep, yeah, and sometimes really... go ahead. I want to hear you. And so sometimes when when God doesn't speak, um, He speaks the loudest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when He does not speak, He speaks the loudest. And I, I like to call it speaking through the silence. Mm -hmm. um, and so when He speaks through His silence, uh, one of the things that I like to go back to is there was a time where I was asking God a lot of questions, and He was really really quiet. And I was like, God, why in the heck aren't you answering me? And and he said to me, he said, when have you ever known a teacher to talk to you during the test? And he mm -hmm. said, when you think about school, your teacher, they prepare you for the math test. They prepare you in reading and all of that stuff. He says, and then they walk in and they say, pop quiz. And they give you the test. And they remain silent. Why? Because they've already put everything inside of you that you need for that test. And so uh, the questions that you're asking God, I just really hear God strongly saying you already have the answers on you. 
Yeah, and I sense that you, too. You, you I, second I guess, and know you that. second guess a mm-hmm. whole lot. Yes. You second yes, guess yes, a whole yes, lot. Yes. You second guess your power. You second guess uh, what you're really called to do. You second guess if you're effective. But uh, do me a favor. Lift your hands for a moment. Father, I pray even now, Father, that a spirit of courage comes upon your daughter even now. Father, I prophesy to the place inside of her where others try to minimize what you were doing in her. And so, Father, now I agree with heaven concerning who you say that she is. Father, I Speak, decree, and declare, God, that she has everything that she needs on her, Father, to even do what you are assigning her to do in this hour. I bind spirits of doubt. I bind spirits of even feeling inferior, Father. I decree and declare that now, God, you are shifting her eyesight, and she will see herself as you see her, Father. I even go back on her bloodline, and I decree and declare that the mantles that were not activated on her bloodline are being activated through her. They will be activated through her children. They will be activated through her children's children's children. Father, I speak to the legacy that's on her bloodline, and I cause her to realize the power that's inside of her that's already working. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. I'm going to stop right there. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else? Morning, Apostle. Wow, man. Well, first, um, just to clarify, if you're in Georgia, you're on Eastern Standard Time. Thank you. Um, But then, man, we've been reading from the same playbook. A lot of times when I'm witnessing the people, I'm using the eagle analogy a lot. And it just just kind of went back to some memories that I've been telling other people. But one of the things that um, you said that kind of came to my attention was, when people come to you and ask you to pray pray for them, sometimes, not all times, but sometimes you won't pray for them, but you will have them to pray and agree with them. I have done that, but what my thing was, after doing so, I kind of felt guilty about not praying with them. Look, these people ask you to pray for them, you didn't. A certain person asked you to pray for them, you didn't. Now, I have prayed for them and listened to them and pray, and depending on how they pray, I may have agreed with them. Um, and I may have helped them out in that prayer, but in terms of actually not praying for them, I, 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 I allow that to beat me at times. Um, now you saying, having said it the way you said it, the way you put it, I know that's not, not for me to do. I, I know where that comes from. So I feel a whole lot better about that, and I appreciate that. Oh, thank you, man. So the reason the reason I don't feel guilty about it is this: some people um, some people will listen to you pray, mm-hmm. and they will think that because you pray a certain way or you use certain verbiage or because you pray in tongues that it gives you more power, right. not realizing right. that that God looks at the heart. And so God is going to meet you exactly where you are. And so there, there are young people in my church that will come and they would, uh, it will be their Sunday to lead intercessory prayer. And I have one, one guy in particular, um, and when he gets up, and this is in front of the congregation, you know, the elders and ministers and stuff, some of them will 
Oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for, for your son. We thank you for your daughter. We thank you for this. And God, we ask that you would just release your power. And, and, and here's how he prayed. Hey, God, what's up? It's me, Chris. God, I lift up your sister, my sister, Cindy, to you. And God, you know that her job is stressing her out. And so, Father, I ask that you would just go to her job and handle what needs to be handled. That will have more power than me standing there. And, Father, I ask that you will go down and take your mighty hand and your hand of authority and go and touch. Because he's talking the language that she understands. And so my my reasoning for telling people to pray is, is, number one, so they'll know that the power is not in me. But, number two, for them to get a confidence in knowing, hey, God hears you just the way you talk, and he knows your language. You don't have to pray like me because you got the same power in you that I got. Now I'm going to show you how to act. I I get it, and I agree 350% with it. Um, I'll say this, too. There has been times when I wanted to call somebody up and have them to pray with me or pray for me, and God made it so that nobody that I wanted to call was available. And the reason why is because he spoke to me like, I want you to talk to me. I want you to, I want to talk to you myself. I want you to talk. Let's have a, you know, let, let, let's talk to each other yourself without going through a third party. And I'm like, yep. okay, I, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. Apostle Pierre, that was so dope what you said. That needs to be a t-shirt. What you did. Thank you for that. That was so dope. Which t-shirt? Right. You're talking about it, ladies. How the young people, yeah, that's so deep. I love that. It is. Anyone else? Hi, Apostle. This is Prosperous Pam. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Um, I have a question. When you were talking about the eagle and the eagle can go fly high, I've been in this um thing lately where i've been trying to interpret what my dreams are about and um it took me to i fly a lot in my dreams i um and i'm so high (laughs) so um and and i'm able to like um and sometimes i'm doing it to get away from like to protect myself from something um sometimes i'll do it to get and i'm i i cover a lot of ground like i cover mileage like it's really bizarre like I'm passing things up in the air, like airplanes. It's really weird. Um, I don't that I don't know if this has anything to do with the eagle, but I wanted to know if you have any input on what that might be about if it comes in my dreams, the flying. Prophetess I mean, Prosperous Pam, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> and so what? the reason is because the reason the reason is because everyone, um, God has really been and this is funny, God has really been pushing me to um go back into dream interpretation. I, I stopped doing it so much for people oh, that um, God has been really pushing me to go back into it. So you like the fifth person that every time I try to run away from it, they call me and ask me about a dream or something. Wow. But um, usually when you dream about transportation or any mode of transportation, whether it be flying, driving, riding, trains, cars, boats, whatever, it's really God telling you that you are gaining momentum and it deals with your ministry, him moving your ministry forward. 
And so uh, flying past birds, flying past airplanes, is saying that God is about to uh, send you to some places at an accelerated rate. And some places may not be destinations. Some places may be things in the spirit where you thought you were behind schedule. God is saying, I'm about to do this thing quickly for you. And so the reason that you sense yourself flying is because God is saying, hey, I'm about to take you out of time. And so uh, the best analogy I can give you is when we're on the ground, it may take me 10 hours to travel from Atlanta to Chicago, but when I'm in the air, I can make it there in two hours. And so what God is saying is that what would normally take you a, a slow time or it would take you a elongated process, I'm about to do for you quickly. And so I'm about to shoot you places quickly. And, and so everything that you've been feeling, the tugs in your spirit, the dream, your dreams accelerating, uh, and this, is, this seems like it's a recurring dream. And so usually when mm -hmm. there are recurring dreams, recurring dreams mean God is saying pay attention because there are details that I'm going to reveal. And so pay attention to colors in your dreams. Uh, blue is the color of grace. Purple is the color of royalty. Orange is the color of praise. Green is the color mm -hmm. of prosperity. Pink is the color of healing. And so when you begin to study these colors, then God is showing you, hey, these are areas that I'm awakened. There's one dream in particular uh, when you're having this dream about you, you flying. Not only are you flying past the airplane, but you're starting to see birds catching up with you. And, and so mm -hmm. what God is showing you in this particular dream, he's saying that I'm going to allow, uh, and when you look at birds, Birds used to be messengers. And so he's saying, I'm going to allow messengers to assist you. And these are going to mm -hmm. be angelic messages. And so God is trying to awaken in you uh, not only the, the intercessory prayer grace, not only that prophetic seeing grace, but also what God is doing. And here this, this is going to sound so, 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 so weird. Um, but this is, this is the word of the Lord. What God is going to begin to do, he's going to begin to send your spirit man to other countries and give you intercessory prayer assignments. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's yep. going to send you into people's homes and, and he's going to send you to people. There are going to be some people that you know, but there are going to be some people that you don't know that he's just going to drop names and things in your spirit. And he's going to give you to pray for That's because when you're sleeping, um, the reason why God deals with us in our sleep is because that's when our spirit is most receptive and obedient. Mm -hmm. And so he, he does that because now we're willing to go. So he can shoot us and he can send us to other places. Yeah, I guess. So that. that's what you're experiencing that. right now. I get that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Anyone um. else? Hello, I have, I have, yes, this is Apostle, and I'm, I know you're trying to run away from the dream and translation, but I have been, there's one that I um, would like for you to um, elaborate on. What about dreaming about water all the time, whether it be a tsunami, a flood, you know, water? Because I had something that um, was really, really, I mean, I woke up, I woke up in prayer, um, but it was just, Heartfelt, where um, it felt like I was on one side of the street, and the one side of the street was covered in water, and it looked like a tsunami. And um, I could touch it, but at the same time, I didn't touch it. But the water itself looked like horses. Um, the image, the water, the image of horses, and also men dressed in armor and holding a sword. And I felt, I just, when I woke up, I just went into prayer because I didn't understand it. But um, since then, I've been dreaming everything about what has to do with water. So um, 
two things point out. Two things really stick out. Uh, can you guys give me one second? Just one second. Let me grab something. Okay, I'm back. I'm sorry about that. So one one of the things that uh, water represents, it represents the Holy Spirit. And so, um, and so it represents the Holy Spirit. Water is addressed in Scripture nearly 1,000 times. Aside from being the center of life, one cannot go without water for very long. It, it represents refreshing. It represents irrigation and growth. And so when you see water and it looks like a tsunami, that means that the presence of God is waiting to overtake you. Is waiting to overtake you. Uh, and so one of the things that you said that stuck out to me as you were describing the stream, you said you saw the water and, and you, you were able to reach out and touch it, but you didn't. And so it said that the presence of God, the, the, the spirit of God is waiting to overtake you, but it's waiting for you to be willing to reach out and touch it. Horses, when, when you deal, begin to deal with horses, horses represents authority. It represents prestige. Uh, in, in biblical times, horses were, were used to carry the chariots. It was used to carry the kings. And so it's saying, hey, you, you have protection around you. Uh, when you read in scripture, it talks about horses and, and it dealt with them carrying the chariots of fire and they was there was a surrounding of horses and so i think that what god is trying to get to you is that you're about to be overtaken he's waiting the spirit is waiting to overtake you to where you fully just dive into who you really are and just know that you're not by yourself just know that it's not something that you have to be fearful of literally just jump into the water um so I, I'm, and what I'm reading from, too, this is a good resource for those of you that drain the Prophet's Dictionary by Paula Price. Uh, she's one of my mentors. Here's what it says about horses. Horses are animals symbolizing power, war, and swiftness, a symbol of the Lord's supernatural patrol in the earth and its policing, according to Zechariah 6. Horses were also seen as the transportation vehicles of the gods, especially when they were ordained with wings. The horse of judgment and agony described in Revelation 9 illustrates this point. The same passage presents a horse as a supernatural battle symbol. A white horse prophetically stands for victory and purity. It was also a symbol of the rains that brought about abundance and prosperity through the harvest. Make sense? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. There's a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone Pastor, else? Pastor, it's Moni. What was the name of that? It's Moni. What was the name of that um, book again and the author? The Prophet's Dictionary. And it's by Paula A. Price. She's my mentor. It's a great book. She has a series on, on the Prophet. Um, that's one of the places I got my prophetic training. But the Prophet's Dictionary is is great for those of us who dream because it's filled with like so many symbolism and biblical um meanings of things in scripture and the history of it. 
Good morning. This is Tarina. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, okay. Um, I literally I asked a question. Well, I literally have a um, at my client's house, a birds had built a nest in her in her flower in her flower plant, and um, I actually seen um, an egg, and the the the, the mother I I seen gave birth to um three babies the first time i i seen it three babies and then um i actually seen the the mother came back and she laid on the the other egg and it gave you know gave birth for the uh, fourth babies and i and i seen the the mother had flew away i guess to get some food whatever for the babies and i also when the mother was gone i seen the babies just just you know uh Awake, you know, trying to get food, whatever, and everything. And so I'm seeing all this. And I was asking God, I said, what does this mean? So I still have clarity, but not fully clarity. What, it, what does it mean? Why did it, you know, this is happening at my client's house? And I'm seeing all this. I'm taping this. I'm taking pictures and videos of this, but I still don't have no clarity with, with it, you know. I think it was just mainly God just showing you nature. I think he was, I think there, there's some things that, that are just what they are. And so when I say that, I'm not um, minimizing your experience, but I'm thinking that sometimes I don't believe that it was a spiritual message. I think it was more so of God showing you the beauty of creation and him saying, hey, daughter, look at this. Look how that mother goes back and forth and she tends to people. And, and it also could have been God's way of saying thank you. Because when you look at what the bird did, the bird took what she gave birth to, watched over it until it hatched, went and got food. And when she came back, it was growth. And, and, and she did the same thing all over again, which is the same thing that you're doing for that client. You're taking care of that client. You're making sure that client had what you need. And so sometimes those little things are heaven's way of saying thank you because what you feel you do is so, it can be considered so insignificant. In reality, you're helping life happen. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else? Oh, Sophia, I just got one quick question. When you were talking about the um, significance of the colors, what did you say blue represented? Blue represents healing, and it can represent healing. grace. Healing or, and or grace. All right, thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Anyone else? All right. Well, if there is nothing else, I do want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in on today. Uh, if you have not, you can still register for School of Worship. Class starts next Thursday. So registration will close on Tuesday. Um,
And let me pray for you guys. Father, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for your grace, for your mercy. Father, I thank you for Dion and for this platform, God, of just equipping your sons and your daughters. And so, Father, I speak blessings over the day of everyone that is involved, everyone that is on the line. Father, I speak that supernatural abilities and grace will begin to hit our life. And, Father, we thank you for leading us to this place called the secret place. And, God, we ask that you allow us to frequent here and teach us how to dwell here and live in this two-dimensional place. And so we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys so much, and I wish Amen. you a great day. Amen. Have a great day, everyone. Have a blessed day, everyone. Have a blessed day. Love you guys.